0: If anybody wants that slideshow- 32 page PowerPoint. (laughs) 32 page PowerPoint. I read the whole thing and then I watched every music video that was referenced in it. And yeah, it, it, yeah. And I have to get tested for ADHD, which is crazy because you would think I could just tell my doctor (laughs) that and he would say, yeah, you're good.
1: Spinnerbait, Bait, the podcast where we hate Spinner Bait, but we love that sometimes people tell their boyfriends they love them by giving them a key necklace. Oh, yes. Who's the perfect love. segue. Okay. It's very weird that that happened twice this week. I witnessed <laughs> that twice this week in a book that I read and a movie I watched, but sometimes it be like that. Um, sometimes, you know, saying I love you is giving someone a key necklace, and I find that beautiful. I'm Bethany, and I'm here with the Minnesota Report, y'all, which we're going to get into in just a moment. Don't you worry. With me, as always, though, of course, is Michael Ann. Michael Ann, how are you this fine day?
0: I am doing great. Started my morning off uh, with a cheeseburger, and there's really nothing better. I love it. Um, I also have a lot to discuss in regards to Gaylor.
1: Do we have Gaylor Oh, we we've got gay. Do we do? <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be popping off the theme song, everyone. Perfect. It's coming. We will discuss. We will have a full. Oh my God. We have so much to break down. So we're just going to dive right into it. Also, speaking of cheeseburgers, apparently in Minneapolis, I literally just learned this this past weekend there's a thing called a Juicy Lucy, and they literally put the cheese inside the burger. And why aren't we all doing that? It's 10 out of 10. I had a vegan version. So mine was not real cheese or real meat, but it was still really delicious. And I can only imagine, I'm sure if like it is real cheese, like it would be even better. Um, And so good. Why aren't we all doing this? We're all doing life wrong. The Midwest moms out there are doing life Right. But, yeah, okay, everyone, here's the update. Photograph just is a bridge on this tour. It was still shortened, even in Minneapolis. Damn. Where he did not add any extra songs. So am I a little sad about that? Yes. Is Bloodstream still the full, beautiful, religious experience that it is live? Absolutely. Never take it off the set list, Ed. Please and thank you. I am happier to report that we got some real special moments in Minnesota he Ed is being a little Taylor, he's being a little Taylor right now. And he's been dropping these hints about this album, which we've now all decided is coming out September 29th, which happens to be my dad's birthday, represent dad. And he came out. So his encore, he always comes out in a jersey of wherever he's performing. So of course, he was wearing a Minnesota Vikings jersey. And he came out and I had, of course, just recently seen him in Nashville, where it said subtract five on the back of his jersey, and it said 29 variations. I lose my ever loving mind y'all like I could not focus on the encore. My friend Katie and I just kept being like, what does it mean? And so we're like trying to get a picture of it and like, freaking out. I was all very excited come to find out that in Kansas City, he wore jerseys that said nine autumn. So we're all pretty much assuming hashtag confirmed 929 is when this new album will be coming out. And we're pretty sure it's gonna be called autumn variations. So I don't know. I'm excited. It's happening. I I love autumn. I literally am burning a pumpkin candle right now. August twenty fourth is PSL season is back. I, just so much excitement. So much excitement is happening. I'm so ready. I can't even tell you. But there you go. Photographed just as a bridge. This tour, which does make me a little sad, but it was a great show. Also, sort of a funny thing. Katie and I, of course, were in Minneapolis together. A lot of people from the Scandinavian Nordic region settled in Minnesota, I guess, when they immigrated to the States, which is why, of course, there are the Minnesota Vikings and there's all this like, I don't know, just Nordic energy in that area. And we're just like, oh my God, it's so funny, unbeknownst to us when we planned this concert and then we planned Taylor Swift in Sweden, like our two back-to-back concerts and they're like a year apart. We'll both be kind of like, oh, we're going like the fake Vikings. And then we get to go see like the real Vikings on our next concert. Ooh. So what are the odds of that? So we are very excited. Um, and we learned that skull means cheers. Apparently they say it. That's a big thing for the Vikings. I did not know this. Um, but it was everywhere around the stadium. So now we know some things to say in Sweden. Michael and so get excited about that. <laughs> I absolutely cannot wait. Beyond excited. Got to see some Mighty Ducks filming locations. I was a happy girl. Like I was living my best Midwest life. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Great city. We had a good time. And while we were there, I told my friend Katie before we went, I was like, hi, I have two requests for this trip. One, I need to see some Mighty Ducks filming locations because I go hard for the Mighty Ducks. and two red white and royal blue movie adaptation was coming out yes she had not read the book yet um, but she had seen lots of trailers and she's like yeah i'm I'm interested in watching it we can watch it so she actually went to her local used bookstore and found herself a nice affordable copy of the novel and read it on the plane and then she had to read a little bit obviously when she landed in uh, minnesota so saturday we were um we got up, went and had a Barbie donut. It was adorable Love that. it was delicious and adorable. And she still had like twenty pages to go. So I went to go take a shower. She quickly finished reading the book. And then while we were like just having like a chill afternoon before we partied at the concert, we watched the movie. Um, I haven't watched the movie twice because I texted Michael Ann cause she was like, Hey, I need to know your thoughts on the movie. And I was like, the first time I was invested, but also distracted because like I was with my friend, we were doing that thing that everyone does where we you're comparing it to the book. We were painting our nails. We were like trying to see if Ed Sheeran was going to pop up somewhere. He did, but he did not tell us until after he did it. So I was like a little distracted. So I watched it again the other night, just, just like by myself in my room not comparing it to the book, just like enjoying it for what it was. And I have to say, upon second viewing, I enjoyed it even more because I could like separate it better and I could pay attention to it better. And yeah, y'all, it's just a really cute queer rom-com. And sometimes you just need that in your life. And yay, that it was made. I know it's a lot different than the book. There are some things I'm very upset about that are gone from the book. But I understand that they're two different mediums. And the one thing I thoroughly enjoyed – that was different in the movie was that Alex gives Henry his necklace. Yeah. And one day when Lock and Key is finally adapted into film, people are going to be like, "Um, I saw this already." And I'll be like, "Lock and Key came first, bitches." <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Guess they are her
0: Seriously. Uh,
1: what what were your thoughts on the movie? So thoughts, like dislikes. like
0: I only watched it once. I did not watch it a second time. Um but I liked it. I think they did really well for like, as you said, it's a different medium. They have to cut a lot of things out. So I think they still sold the love story really well. Yeah. Some of it was like, I don't know. There's like some, there was some changes. I don't like how they did history. Huh? I don't like how yeah. they did that at the end, like in front of the King. Like that's, I didn't like that. Um, I wish they had done that earlier, like, in the book. Um, And I also know that they were on a budget, but not seeing the crowd outside of the castle was not great. A bit disappointing.
1: I also think it's weird, and I understand, like, Like Michael and I texted a little bit about this already, everyone. We were talking about like the pacing, which is a little weird. Like when Katie and I were watching it, we're like, oh, they went from enemies to lovers real quick, which I understand is like going to happen in a movie. Like you don't have as much time, whatever. But I miss like a little bit of them like becoming friends. And I understand like for some reason in the movie, they just decided to simplify it and keep his parents together, which is fine. Like that's fine with me. Obviously in the novel, they're divorced. Mom's remarried to this guy, Leo. He's kind of just a trophy husband. He's sort of there. Um, I'm honestly impressed that I remembered his name, but that's only because I recently reread the novel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyways, so I was okay with them keeping them together, but then you lose that like Christmas call, you know, Mm -hmm. which is like such a vital, like the first time they're like vulnerable with each other. And there's just like these little things that like, again, and that's just me getting really ticky tacky. Like, I think there are certain things on the plus side in a movie that like, certain looks you can convey that you just can't convey in a novel and like certain intimacy and vulnerability yeah. that you can do and just and and how they look each other you know and you're like oh, okay get it they're in love you know yeah but yeah there definitely was some like m- sort of missing moment i just wanted like a little bit more build up to them like getting together i guess yeah. to understand like why they were in love and i think the other thing that bothered me a little bit was that like there weren't a lot of stakes for Alex in the mm-hmm. movie as opposed to in the book. Like he gets kicked off his mom's campaign. Like yeah. there's a real re- – Like there is a lot that could harm him by coming out and and stuff with this relationship. And I feel like in the movie like some of that gets kind of lost. Like you get the stakes of his mom could lose reelection, but there aren't a lot of personal stakes to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the book that they did a better job with that. Um, So that kind of bothered me. But again, I'm like – It's a two-hour movie. Like, their biggest concern was getting the love story right. And, like, they did that. And, like, I'll let it go. But I'm also, like, it is weird to me that he gave that speech before he ever talked to Henry. Like, I think that's weird. Because in the book, like, they get together. My favorite line, I love him on purpose, was not in the movie. Am I bitter about it? Maybe. Um, But anyways, they get together. He talks to B. He's this whole, like, I love him on purpose thing. And then he has his whole, he addresses the nation in the speech thing. So I thought it was a little strange that he was like, the only reason I thought it was strange in the movie is because they hadn't met with in the movie, it's the king in the book, it's the queen, whatever, not a big change like that change didn't bother me. Also, it's always great to see Stephen Fry. But um, in the the movie, I was like, it's so weird to me that he already, like Alex already came out. Like he made a speech to the American people and then the king is still like, we could deny this. No, you effing can't. Right. Alex just made a speech to like the whole world, basically. Um, and then the book, it's different. Like they, they meet with the queen and then they see all the people standing outside the palace. And then he goes home and he makes the speech. So I was like, that was kind of a weird choice to have him make the speech first. Yeah. But again, that's just me getting like real ticky tacky with it. And... Like I said, on the second viewing, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to think about those things. I'm going to let bygones be bygones and just enjoy um, this cute little rom-com. And also, though, my friend Katie and I, when we were watching it in the hotel room, <laughs> which I think that the sex scene was done very well. Like, honestly, I just think it was. It Like, you know, it wasn't too gratuitous, but it also, like, it was, it was soft. It was gentle. It was, like, what making love should be, you know? Like, it was very sweet. It was a sweet scene, which I liked. But I was so nervous about his damn key necklace the entire time. I was like, he's going to bop him right in the face. (laughs) And like, obviously he's not because like, this is a film and edited movie. But me and my friend were just like, oh, oh, could you take off the necklace? You're going to bop him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were very distracted by the necklace that entire scene. On um, second viewing, I was just like, "Oh, what a nice, lovely, romantic scene." But that first time, I was real nervous, y'all. I was real nervous.
0: That scene was really nice. I like the way they did that. I am like a big stickler for like, n- like it's it's very contrary to like my life, but I think that gratuitous sex scenes and like overdone shit I hate it I think it doesn't add like anything and I say it's contrary to my life because I'm like all about sex positivity but I just think right I think most of the time when like the show Euphoria which I only watched like 15 minutes of because I was like absolutely not I probably talked about this on the podcast already but like that those sex scenes seemed like they were there to satisfy the director's kinks And bad fantasies and nothing else. And um, but this sex scene was, as you said, like so beautiful. They really you could really tell that they were like in love and they really sold the story. It was really sweet. I also really liked that scene where they're at the New Year's party And like Mm. everybody drops down low and then they're just like staring at each other. That was filmed really well. That looked, that was a really cool scene. That was
1: fantastic. There was another scene that looked really
0: good, but I can't. That's one
1: of those things where you're like, wow, this is where a visual medium really works. Like, that's great. Like, you can't convey that in the Like, that scene is very similar to the novel. Like, the whole Get Low song comes on, they go out, but like the way it was filmed is so much, it's cooler to see than it is to read it. And I feel like we don't give movies enough props for that. Like, because we're always, when something is based on a book, we're always like, the book is better, which it is. But sometimes things like that are really cool to get to see in a movie because you can't do that in a book, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: that was was so good. I
0: do miss the side characters. I miss B and Nora. I I
1: miss June the most. Like, I really miss June. I was really mad that they, like, just took her out. And yeah, also Rafael Luna not being there was weird, but I also understand like how complicated that is to like fit into a two hour movie.
0: Wasn't yes, Rafael Luna. I was trying to remember. Cause I was like, wait, was the person who outed them and exposed his emails a journalist or was it Rafael Luna?
1: So the way it's the Richards campaign And Raphael, so the way it happens in the book is essentially, obviously, they're outed, which also is interesting. They switch the point of view to Henry for when they're outed, because in the book, you are following Alex's point of view. Well, really, in the book, you follow Alex. Like, you don't really see Henry unless he is with Alex. Um, Because it's, I never remember what that is third person, whatever, you know, when you only follow the one person and you can't follow everyone. Um, My English teacher is very annoyed at me right now (laughs) that I can't remember that term. But anywho so um so you pretty much follow more alex's point of view in the book so in the movie i thought it was interesting that when they're outed you're with henry which mm-hmm. i kind of didn't mind because i was like oh it's nice in the book i have alex's point of view and now in the movie i'll have henry's point of view you know but anywho, um so they're out in are they are put in communications lockdown that part is true and um zahara does get in contact with sean and they go over to england and yada, yada, yada. Um, and we find out because Nora was given this thing, which she was given it to from Raphael Luna, um, because he's been working with the Richards campaign now. Which of course, at that point, um, Alex felt betrayed because he like, liked him because he was a young, queer, you know, Latino man who was in the yeah. Senate, yada, yada, yada. And he had worked with him on his first campaign back in the day. And so anyway, so he feels betrayed by him. And then he finds out that the only reason he went to work on the Richards campaign is because Richards had made a pass on Rafael Luna when he was younger. And so basically Richard is this creepo pedophile who slept with all of these women and occasionally sometimes men, it turns out. And so he went to work with him to kind of basically like dig up dirt on him and then instead ends up finding out that the Richards campaign has been trying to dig up dirt on Alex, which of course they do end up releasing. And then thanks to Nora and Raphael Luna, they can figure that out. And I can't like really remember in the book like how it's resolved. Like obviously- She his mom wins the the reelection and they like want to like take Richards to task and and put him away for basically being a pedophile. Um so it's kind of more the Richards campaign that like has a thing and this Miguel character in the movie like doesn't exist. That's not Um And again, it's a lot of like political intrigue, like yeah. all this different stuff. And and a few things I've read are like, well, I guess people wanted to make it more accessible and it streamlined the story. And it's just easier for it to be like this journalist who's trying to get ahead decided to out them and not have it be like the Republicans uh, are pedophile bad people. But like Republicans are pedophile bad people.
0: <laughs> it's also hashtag not all Republicans, but most of them. <laughs> it's also strange to make that change too, because gay a gay journalist outing yeah two gay people yeah. seems unreal
1: like it, kind of
0: strange yeah that doesn't seem like yeah something that would have happened i think they made it look like it was right. like jealousy or something but like I don't see that happening yeah IRL
1: it was weird to kind of I I I guess you could say he kind of is the villain of the story but like is he and then I guess you could say well was it internalized homophobia that made him do it and you could go down a whole rabbit hole I don't know but it was a bizarre change I think again it was just to streamline it and if you're already making this you know queer rom-com and you're trying to get make it as accessible as possible it was like well do we make the republicans completely the villains in this story like maybe we should not do that but also like are the republicans gonna watch this movie no so, like i don't know you know like it's a whole the tangle web. but yeah like when they first when alex first meets this guy miguel i thought he was just gonna be a stand-in for his high school friend liam that like they, they were like oh we already like they clearly had already cut a lot of side characters so i think they were like we're not introducing this whole high school guy who like when he first kind of maybe as like a little baby queer realized that he was bisexual you know um but so I was like oh like he's gonna be a stand-in for that guy like his high school friend back from Texas but it's gonna be like oh instead he kind of realized maybe he was bisexual when he like had this sling with a reporter on his mom's campaign trail or whatever um and then no they like made him the guy that outed them and I was like oh it's not where I thought they were going with this but like okay I guess I don't know um so yes that's kind of strange but yeah, I miss June. I miss Rafael Luna. I missed I'm trying to think of any other. Like, yeah, I guess just like in general, like in in the Texas bit, like it's so quick in the movie and in the entire Texas scenes in the novel, like you really get to learn a lot about Nora and June and Henry's friend Pez. And like in the movie, it ends with like they're together. Obviously, they've come out to the world. Awesome, we love that um and most people are accepting obviously not everyone because unfortunately it's just the world we live in but most people you know back them which is great but you like don't really know how they're gonna work and in the book it kind of goes into a little bit more of like henry has this foundation and he's just bought a thing in brooklyn and alex has decided that he's gonna go to law school in brooklyn so like they can be together and whatever and you kind of like see where their story is going i'm um, in the movie it's just like well mom won re-election let's go to my house the end and i'm like but but he lives in England, and you like they never discuss how you guys are going to work, right? <laughs> um, so that I was like, and it could have been like such a simple throwaway line, like could have like, solved that. And again, read the book if I guess if you want to know. But still, I was like, oh, cute happy ending, but you never explain how they're like actually going to be together. Yeah, so, I eh, thought whatever the
0: ending point was weird. Also, I don't think that re-election night scene was like really hmm. that like in the book you're like yeah, so like nervous in the it's book it's like much more tense yeah and but in the movie it was like you walk in and then alex like walks out and then him and henry hug each other and then she wins and it was like oh yeah that was so cool. Oh.
1: yeah there's all this like talking back and forth to anderson cooper and like yeah yeah i just love the way it is in the book it's definitely a lot quicker in the movie which i guess shouldn't surprise me but um but yeah, I was like oh oh and we w-. like there's no like oh my god like are they gonna flip Texas like I just feel like the momentum of yeah. that like isn't as like powerful as it is in the book but yeah I mean if you want like a quick little cute two-hour love story watch the movie if you want all the political intrigue and and all the like good little bits and all the the best lines like oh, the whole like incomplete list of reasons why he loves and Hen- which I like knew wouldn't make the movie but still like I love that like I love their email so much and, yes. the book, and I knew we weren't gonna get a lot of that in the movie but still I was like oh I love that and apparently because I'm a nerd um uh Casey I can I don't know how to pronounce like their last name um, did a whole like AMA on, on Alex uh, in honor of the movie coming out. And so they answered a lot of different questions. And so someone asked like, what's the, what has like Alex added to his incomplete list of things that he loves about his Royal Highness, uh, Henry. And um, so they said the way a wedding band looks on his finger. And I was like, stop, stop it. Stop it right
0: now. Yes. I love (laughs) that.
1: And like made me really emotional. It was really sweet. And this is where I get – we've already been discussing this for so long, guys. I'm sorry. And probably my clan is going to cut a lot of this out. We're going to be dressed like the movie, and we're going to give you the abridged version. <laughs> but this is where I also become – okay. So here's my thing think about this summer. And I just want to preface this by saying I could not be more pro-union if I tried. Like, I am so happy for the writers and the actors who are going on strike. And yes, okay. But here's where I get, like, a little bit sad. And the summer, we're like, a female-directed movie – and female-led movie is breaking box office records and doing so great. No one is allowed to come out and like celebrate that success. Like we can't hear from Margot Robbie about it. We can't hear from Greta Gerwig about it because they are not allowed to quote unquote, promote the movie. And even by celebrating a success would be promoting the movie, so They're not allowed to. And I'm so for the strike and I hope the writers and the actors get everything that they're asking for. And like Bob Iger can suck it with his whole like, it's just unrealistic, whatever, hella, hella rich man. But it makes me really sad. And then this movie comes out and again it's this like you know um queer rom-com. And it's also doing so, so well on Amazon. Like number one movie this past weekend, their third overall romantic comedy that Amazon has done. Third overall, okay, that this massive conglomerate company has made. And that's huge. Like that is so massive and awesome and so exciting. And no one is allowed to talk about it. Like it just makes me so sad. I'm like, oh, I totally understand the strikes. But like, I wish that the actors could say something. I wish that the director, who of course is also a writer, so he cannot come out and talk about it, could could you know get his accolades and like yes obviously journalists can write about it and Casey can come out and say things because they are the author and not you know a writer in Hollywood but still like it just makes me a little bit sad but I love that this is like kind of their weird workaround I did see this online the other day which made me kind of happy so I guess you know obviously a big deal like if you're an author and your like book gets made into a movie like it's a big exciting moment and so Casey had posted something about how they'd made it through the whole day you know, really fine. And then someone, and this is where Taylor Swift saves the day always guys, okay? Just wait for it, wait for it. So someone had made, I guess on TikTok an edit of, you're on your own kid, like the Prince Henry version and like took clips from the movie and like whatever. And it was, I watched the TikTok, it's great. And so Casey posted a thing that was like, made it through the whole day without crying. And then I see this TikTok and I'm like a blubbering mess. And so the actor who plays Prince Henry, obviously cannot talk about this movie right now because strike, he's not allowed to talk about it mm-hmm. but what he did is is he went and he put on like i don't know his instagram whatever i'm not sure i don't follow him and on any social media i just saw this somewhere mm-hmm. else posted he put the song that he was listening to your on your own kid by taylor stuff like he put that in his like instagram stories and i was like i love that like i love that that's their work way being like i see you i see you fans taking those edits i appreciate it thanks for liking the movie i'm not allowed to talk about it but like i see you and i was like see that's clever like that's a workaround um And this is where I'm a nerd and very neurodivergent that I've been like looking into this. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. But also watch that TikTok. It's really is emotional. And also, if London Boy isn't Alex's song about Henry, I don't know what is. Anyways, those are my Taylor Swift thoughts about Red, White and World Blue. And that has been. But yeah, I'm just sad, I guess, that like all these people like because I'm. Such a weirdo. I'm such a movie nerd that, like, when a movie comes out, I love hearing the creatives' thoughts about it afterward because when they're promoting it before, like, they can't spoil things. But, like, I would love to hear Greta Gerwig talk about Barbie now that the movie has come out, and she can't, and it
0: is driving me crazy. <laughs> that is, yeah, I wish they could talk about it. I mean, when they can talk about it, I'm sure we'll get a lot of thoughts. Yeah, um, so. But another thing I wanted to mention about the movie was. It, there's a scene where they're reading together and Alex is reading One Last Stop, which is Casey's second novel.
1: Yes. Which which is not as good, apparently. I haven't no, read it, I, but you told me it's not r-
0: good. Mm-hmm. I listened to it, but I also Red listened to of... Red, White, and Royal Blue. So, like, I tend to listen mm-hmm. to rom-coms because they're just kind of, like, light and fluffy. Yeah. But, yeah, it was not good, in my opinion.
1: This came up in the, the Ask Me Anything About Alex because um, they asked what would be Alex's favorite novel of Casey's. And they said uh, a, one that's coming up that is like an adult bisexual-led novel. Ooh. So I'm kind of intrigued to see what that one could be about. Um, so here's hope that that one is good, maybe, because I really did enjoy Red, Red, and Royal Blue. I have not read One Last Stop not heard very good things about it um so i'm not like rushing out to get to that one but this one kind of intrigues me so i we'll see maybe that'll i be also
0: good. have her other book i kissed sarah wheeler i've had it for months i just haven't read it yet oh uh, yeah <laughs> i still haven't read it
1: <laughs> i think i saw the one in a bookshop and i was on my way i was like, taking the train from north carolina to florida and i was gonna pick it up and then i just didn't for some reason um but i was intrigued yeah. by it but yeah that has been our, sorry, spoiler thoughts on Red, White, and Royal Blue. If none of you are interested in that, I'm sorry that you had to listen to it, but you should be because it's a really good book and it was a really cute movie. And I read the book, basically, is my two cents. And then watch the movie if you want because it was also cute. And also just getting to support. Um, you know, movies about LGBT people, especially when they are just, like, happy and light and rom-coms and not, like, killing them is nice. And we should support that so mm-hmm. they can make more. Okay, thank you. That's my Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I have been speaking of, which, Sunshine, she's been getting on me about it in the Discord. I have finally started watching Card Stopper Season 2, speaking of happy, light, fluffy, queer stories. So cute. Um, Season 2, I'm only a couple episodes in so far. And it's been really good so far but this is where i just get really confused about the Bridget, british education system for the umpteenth time for someone who's watched a lot of coming of shows coming of age shows set in england i should be much better about gsc gsces and a levels and college and uni and high school and all of that but i still get confused every damn time i'm like okay so they're both in 11th form but he has study hall for his gcses and he doesn't why <laughs> And then I spent a whole episode just being confused about the British education system again. And I was just trying to focus on my cute little queer love story and, you know, this trans girl finding fellow trans friends. And I was so happy for her. But the entire time I'm just like,
0: I don't understand. So
1: the entire school just goes to study hall for two. Months. I
0: literally, so I like, I-, I remember watching like sex education, which is also very, a very good British show. And, um skins back in the day and i would have to like pause and like google like i would like be googling like can you explain the english education system because i was like yeah they would say like uni or in college but like college was like high school like like college is
1: high school but uni is university like is what we would call college Yeah, i don't i get very
0: happening
1: I like the entire, and as someone who in what Americans call college or what the Brits would call university, when I was in university, I sometimes stand up very late as one does. And what I started to do is I would listen to British radio because if you were up as an American at 2 a.m., there's no good radio on, right? And again, like how old am I that I was listening to the radio in college? But you know what I mean, people. And um, Apple Music was the thing, but I would, I just like to listen to the radio sometimes because I could kind of tune it out. But, anyways, Mike is trying to enter their room right now. And I'm telling a story, sir. I started listening to BBC Radio 1 because it would be on their breakfast show that would be on when I was like up late, studying. And so I would listen to that. And they used to do GCSE review on their breakfast show like can you imagine a radio being broadcast the entire American nation being like all right all kids that are in 11th grade it's time to help you prep for your like countrywide test like I can't imagine Mm -hmm. that like it was so weird to me and so I just always get very confused about the British education system to this day I still am I don't know GCSEs A-levels uni college I'm still confused but right on any British listeners that we might have please explain England
0: is like so small though like we couldn't have a yeah. countrywide it would be like the yeah. state of it's yeah it's so small test.
1: but that's really like the state of Rhode Island is taking a test which is they do do that Hi, hey, puppy but still it's just so weird to me that they're like nationally broadcast radio can go out to an entire country and can all be talking about the entire country taking a test because that's just something that would never happen here shall we get into some gay yes. before we finally actually talk about what we're here to yes, talk about Yes. yes Okay, Okay, let's do it. It's me, hi, I'm the Gaylor Truther, it's me, hit it. So
0: I have been on the Gaylor train for a while and I've, I've it's recently Full picked stop. up because now I have other Gaylors who, who send along. me- It's a bullet it really train is. now. <laughs> I have other Gaylors who send me like a bunch of shit. So I'm getting stuff from the Gaylor community all the time. A couple things I okay. wanted to mention. First, I didn't realize that there are hetlers out there who are actually mad at gaylers and think that they're perverts. I think that's strange. And here's why. If you can look at her music through a heterosexual lens and speculate which men her songs are about, then queer people with an understanding of the queer identity can look at her music and lyrics through a clear le- queer lens and think about it in that aspect and like, think about, could this be Carly Kloss? Right. So first of all, I just want to get that out of the way. If you're one of those angry Hitler's, maybe like, I don't know, touch grass, like take a deep breath, like just, you know, relax. Um You need to, to calm down
1: as Taylor once said.
0: Yeah. Shay never made anybody less gay. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> Hashtag.
0: So, <laughs> Yesterday, I read an entire 32-page PowerPoint on why Taylor Swift... I love this. I love everything about that (laughs) sentence. (laughs) Just first and foremost. So the other day, in my casual downtime, I read a 32-page PowerPoint. 32-page PowerPoint on why reputation is about Carly Kloss, not about Joe. And... A lot of the things are stuff I've already said, like, um, I don't want you like a best friend. That's reputation, right? Yes, it's dressed. Yeah, I don't want dressed. you like a best, best friend. friend. That goes without saying. You're not gonna say that to some like white guy that you met at the Met Gala three months ago. Um Exactly. I also she they also say in a couple of the songs, like, Are you ready for it? The her pronouns change. So like in the Versus she's saying he, hmm. but she's calling this he hmm. person a jailer, a thief, Burton to her Taylor, which if you want to know what that's referencing, um it is referencing the marriage of Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, which was,
1: and here's yeah. a little which, as we all know, Elizabeth Taylor is. A bonafide beard, like she was straight up back in the day, like the person you went to if you wanted to, you know, remain in the closet.
0: However, for this example, Burton was an alcoholic. He had many affairs while they were together. Um, during this time period, Elizabeth Taylor was addicted to pills. They divorced, remarried, and divorced again. It was not healthy. It was very toxic, very crazy. So why would she be talking about this relationship in a love song? Now, when you go into the chorus of Ready For It, she is saying you. She's not saying he. So it's very Mm -hmm. possible that she's talking Mm -hmm. about two Mm -hmm. different people. So anyway, that was the main takeaways of this 32 page. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, first of all, just she had met Joe like only weeks before she started writing Reputation. So it's like, I don't think that she wrote all of these songs about some guys she just met. Yeah. Especially also Big Reputation, Big Reputation. Joe Alwyn to this day doesn't have a big reputation. Does not have,
1: His only reputation is that he dated Taylor Swift. Like exactly. that's how we all know him. Right. He did not have a big reputation before he came in. On the other hand, Carly Kloss, mm-hmm. well known in her own right. Mm-hmm.
0: And Just then, saying. and then it says too, would be a big conversation. Who would be talking about Taylor Swift dating some nice I- Irish, nice English boy with blonde hair? Nobody, nobody, nobody. That wasn't unexpected.
1: Con- what would be a big conversation is if Taylor Swift came out and I was like, "Hi, I'm a bisexual icon," and we all would have been like, "I knew it."
0: And in those music videos, as well as the music video Endgame, there is no male love protagonist in those videos. Just saying. And she wears a rainbow dress in Endgame, I think. She wears a rainbow dress. She kisses girls Mm -hmm. on the cheek. So, just saying. um,
1: Just saying. Get on the bullet train, folks. Get on the bullet train because we're going.
0: And we're underwater. We're
1: going gaylor in, bitches. Yep my mother on the drive home from Tennessee <laughs> was like um so let me just get this straight <laughs> when you and Michael Ann on the podcast were talking about this I go Gayler? mm-hmm. and she's like so you think and
0: I go oh we know <laughs> it's we don't think
1: <laughs> we know so I had to discuss with my mom I did not I have not seen a 32 page powerpoint nor read it like Michael Ann has but I had to discuss my mom version of Gaylor and how people have speculated about this for years and whatever and I'm just saying I'm just saying if you ever saw the Miss America documentary which I'm certain all of you have yes. and like how weird her dad was about her just like saying like very innocent stuff yes I could see as to why because my mom because my mom was like well that just makes me really sad if she's like the biggest person on the planet and like even she doesn't feel comfortable doing it and I was like well yeah it is really sad but I was like but like Have you seen that documentary? Like her dad, like really doesn't seem to want her to say certain things. And also I think people can get in your head and be like, yeah, you are the biggest person on the planet. It's the same reason that if you've ever listened to Dolly Parton's America and or follow Dolly Parton's sister on any social media, like my mom does, Dolly Parton Parton doesn't come out and say more progressive things because it's like she doesn't want to alienate half her audience. And I think if you're Taylor Swift and you're like, I'm the biggest name on the planet Earth, and I come out and I say, like, I have had, you know, queer relationships that, like, you might alienate your, some of your audience. And, like, that could probably be very intimidating to you. And, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it was just funny. I had to have this little conversation with my mom and explained to her what the internet has been saying
0: for years. I'm trying to light my pumpkin candle and it won't light. Um, <sighs> it's honestly rude of it. Yes. Also, so, yeah. like – Think those about all thoughts. the Hetlers that I just mentioned that are like pissed off that we're even speculating. Mm-hmm. Imagine if she actually came out. Like, yeah, it, it's just like it would be kind of unfortunately, and maybe she just like wants to, wants to keep those relationships private because they're the ones that actually mean something. Right. I mean, you can you Which see is how totally fine, yeah, you see how much of a media circus it is when she's dating men, like mm-hmm. you know, keeping her at, like. Actually, that might be a spoiler. Have you read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? I have not, but
1: feel free to spoil. I'm okay with it. No. No, okay. Don't spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no. No, I will not spoil that for you. You must read it. Okay. Yes, ma'am.
0: Anyway, if anyone's read it that's listening, they'll be like, ah, yes. So they'll be like,
1: yes. Just like that. Well, yeah, I also just think again a, a change a change in red right and world blue that i did like i did like an out speech how we talked about how no one owes anyone any like no one yes. owes anyone that like if yes. you are part of the queer community and you want to scream it loud and proud and go to every pride event rock the hell on if you think that you don't owe the world that also rock the hell on and we have done so much damage to celebrities again i mentioned Heartstopper earlier um on this uh very long chat that we have gone <laughs> so down it's 45 and minutes and yeah, this 45 minute chat that we have gone down, probably edited down a little bit everyone. But one of the actors, they basically forced him out of the closet. And I felt so, so yeah. bad. He is literally a teenager. And he's on a show, obviously, about the queer community. And so people started getting all up in arms. And we're like, well, is he straight? Is he this? Is he that? He shouldn't be on the show with all this other representation. And so they literally freaking made this poor kid come out of the closet before he was ready to. And that's bullshit and it's nobody's business and love who you love and you can be loud about it you can be quiet about it
0: it's cool so taylor we support you yes (laughs) and like (laughs) andrew was talking to this about me actually the other day we are talking about the concept of queer baiting and i'm like yeah okay like queer baiting blah, blah blah that could be bad but also like queer people don't have to tell you that they're queer straight out right like they don't like if henry's henry <laughs> if harry styles is his life would be a lot different if his name was henry styles harry styles like doesn't want to tell you that he's bisexual or something like he doesn't have to. yeah
1: it's his damn business and it's like, not my business it's his life <laughs> yeah
0: and i don't think like his fashion choices can be labeled like queer baiting when right they're just clothes we like all argue that nothing has a gender and then we're like oh you're wearing dresses you must be gay it's like well
1: please explain your entire thoughts in life right. and sexuality and what your pronouns are and whatever and it's like you don't know
0: you that <laughs> no like in celebrities don't owe you their whole life like the most fun thing about speculating about taylor Swift's sexuality is like not because i actually want her to tell me and think i deserve that it's because it's like She plants so many Easter eggs. She makes her lyrics purposefully something that she wants her fans to dive into deeper. Like she wants us to look at all of her things and her Easter eggs and stuff and like dissect it however we want. And so I'm like, well, then we're fine. Like we only look at public information. Like I only look at her lyrics. I only look at her music videos. Like I'm not looking at like, I mean, you know, there's always Kissgate, but, you know, you never know what's really happening at Kissgate. Okay, we don't actually know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but, um, and, it's like, if she doesn't want to talk about Kissgate, we shouldn't talk about Kissgate, probably. Yeah. But anyway, if I anyone wants talk about Kissgate. if anybody Surfaces. wants that slideshow. 32-page PowerPoint. 32-page <laughs> PowerPoint. I read the whole thing, and then I watched every music video that was referenced in it. And, yeah, it it, yeah, and I have to get tested yes. for ADHD, and which is everything. crazy because you would think I could just tell <laughs> my doctor that, and he would say, "Yeah, you're good."
1: I think if you walked into a doctor's office and I was like, the other night, I uh, went down a whole rabbit hole and I read the entire thirty two page powerpoint about gayler he would be like actually i'm just gonna go ahead and give you a diagnosis now what prescription would you like
0: literally i have to go in for like six hours of testing or something on in september and i just want to be like i don't need this you just tell me just give it to me just give me just the give diagnosis me. i'm not trying to get stimulants i don't want stimulants i already have xanax right i just want to know what's going on in my brain but I
1: just would like an explanation for my brain.
0: Uh, whatever. But I think we should probably talk about lock and, lock key, and key,
1: baby. Let's do. It. <laughs> if anyone ever listened to our podcast, I ever thought those two girls seem like they're definitely neurotypical. <laughs> Literally,
0: they're they're wrong. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> so we're at the end of the novel everybody we left we, it. we left off in kind of a sad spot her and Nate were broken up because she he wasn't letting her in when, when it came to his dad's abuse and they found out that Ruby's mother had been found unconscious um, presumably like overdosed and ended up in rehab and was in rehab now so we kind of left off on like a big bummer and I'm I'm sorry about that, but we're going to start chapter yeah. 16 and things are going to go up. But like they're going to dip, but then they're going to go right back up. So it's going to be fine. Gonna, yeah. It's
1: a little bit of a roller coaster ride, but we're mostly on the uphill track now. Yes, exactly. Mostly.
0: So chapter 16, my friends. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So her and Olivia are at her house ch- chatting about the pond and what have you um mr cross has trapped jamie in a very aggressive conversation again um jamie's trying to get away okay so olivia says here not in this neighborhood i mean honestly did you see those boulders when you came in what is this supposed to be stonehenge why is that familiar did who said that about these boulders before
1: Um, Cece? (laughs) 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 Uh, I am uncertain. I, uh, Owen, did he say something similar to that when he was dropping off, um, Annabelle one time in her like fancy glass house? Did she live in Wildflower Ridge? Right? Right? No. Yes.
0: No. I don't know now. (laughs) I'm doubting myself (laughs) entirely. Oh, also, that's what I wanted to talk about before we got into this. Let me pull up. Cece came through for us. We're just going to call oh her, God. we're going to call oh, her yes. Hate Spinner data expert. Yes. Um, from now on. But so Cece. 100%. She deserves that. She got to us. She tallied up all of the reappearances and all of the books so far. And here are the results. So before, I I don't think she did all of Lock and Key. I think just to where we had read up to, I believe.
1: Right, correct, because she said thus far, and we're yes, we yes. gone in Lock and Key, which so, I don't think there are any more cameos, so that probably is the final tally, or is there?
0: There definitely is. <laughs> oh, we'll get there, but anyway. So <laughs> my brain, guys,
1: so okay, yeah, all right, sorry, I, we went on a whole forty-five minute <laughs> chat, and now I can't even remember what we're talking about.
0: But so here are the results. Just listen is in first place so far with seventeen Easter eggs, eight people in nine places. She does add a caveat that Truth Squad counts as four people. That's her. Lock and Key is in second place, despite not even being finished, with 12 Easter eggs, seven people in five places. The Truth About Forever is in third place with eight Easter eggs, one person, seven places. Dreamland and This Lullaby are tied for fourth place with three Easter eggs each. This Lullaby had one person in two places, and Dreamland had three places. Keeping the Moon is in fifth place with one person... Um and then that summer and someone like you don't have any, of course.
1: Right. Um, which makes sense because they were the first one. So that yes. is fair that they would not win in this category. Is wait, can what are what is the people count on this one? Because I feel like this one has the most people.
0: This one has hella or, people. No.
1: Um like hella
0: people making cameos. Seven people in five please. Seven people.
1: And how much did just less have? Eight eight, but four of them are from True Squad. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like this is just hella people
0: cameos in this yeah. one.
1: Yeah, she, wrote, on, she killed it. I yes. feel like Owen did something
0: about it, but now I feel like I'm wrong. We'll have to do we'll have to do some digging. But anyway, I wanted to point that out. But then this is where Olivia says um that her brother that uh Jamie looks familiar. And Calls um calls Ruby out on her stalemate with Nate. And she's like, This, you know, it's pretty rare to find someone you actually like to be with in this world. There are a lot of annoying people out there, which is hilarious. And <laughs> she says, My point is clearly you two had something, so maybe you should think about going to a little trouble to work this out. Um, yes. Facts.
1: Olivia coming through with some straight facts. 100%. Straight facts.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, they kind of have this like moment where Ruby kind of tries to call Olivia out on her shit, but Olivia's like is is that really true, do you think? But then Jamie comes over and Olivia's like, holy shit, you're the guy from You Me, and Ruby never said anything. That's crazy. And Jamie says, well, you know, Ruby is not easily impressed. <laughs> which, like, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Olivia's a huge fan of social media. I hope which that... so tracks
1: considering how much she's on her phone. <laughs> I
0: know. I, I hope that this is what I want for Olivia. I want her to like go to college and I, or maybe not, maybe not even cause fuck college. I want her to go into her adult life and I want her to become like a super successful content creator. That's what I want. Yes. For Olivia. yeah
1: Oh my God. She would 100% have a podcast or like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she would be on the gram. She would be awesome. She would And be. I, I hope that for her.
0: Because how old, let's say this book came out in let's just get put her in a generation this came out in 08 they're seniors in 08 so they're two years older than me so yeah she'd be like 33 right now so
1: yeah she's about like our age she's a millennial she's a millennial oh my god
0: yeah and she'd be one of those like early
1: adopters like she was on the youtube before everyone else was on the youtube i know it's just called youtube i just like to say the youtube sometimes to be funny (laughs) (laughs) All you zoomers out there. (laughs) But yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I could see that yeah, she was like doing vlogs before everyone else was doing vlogs and was like one of the first people to like get on Instagram and start becoming like a content creator. And she is thriving. That is what I hope for her. A thousand percent.
0: But Olivia gives him so much praise about you, me. And then, you know, Jamie gives her a bunch of swag, which I love. Um, And Olivia leaves. And then we find out that Jamie is screening Mr. Cross's calls because Mm -hmm. Mr. Cross is trying really, really hard to get money out of Jamie. Um, And so this is when we start seeing that, "Mm, there's some hints here that Mr. Cross is starting to struggle financially. Yeah. Yeah. To say oh.
1: in the least. Also, I would also screen Blake Cross's calls because he's an absolute piece of shit. But Jamie doesn't know all that yet.
0: <laughs> I would change my phone number, in fact. Yeah, personally. <laughs> Cora does has always felt not good about the vibes Mr. Cross has given off. She says he says that she can't really figure out why but Cora just doesn't like him. And Ruby of course is like I was pretty sure I knew why Cora didn't like Mr. Cross even if she herself couldn't put a finger on it. Yep. Um, yeah. You know. Also big ups to our boy Roscoe who has learned how to use the dog door and is peeing outside. Yay! god i'm so proud of him so Truly.
1: Proud. like the amount of joy <laughs> that brought me reading this book i was like i am this proud of a fictional dog but yep. i really am
0: he's real in my heart
1: he is real in my heart yeah a thousand percent
0: also um He says, Jamie says that he is really impressed. He says, people can surpass my expectations like you, for instance. And he says, I'm proud of you, Ruby. You've come a long way. And reflecting on this, she says, later up in my room, I kept thinking about this. The idea of distance and accomplishment. The further you go, the more you have to be proud of. At the same time, in order to come a long way, you have to be behind to begin with. In the end, though, maybe it's not how you reach a place that matters, just that you get there at all.
1: Yeah. I think, honestly, maybe my favorite relationship in this entire novel is the relationship between Jamie and Ruby. Like, I love, I just, again, we've gushed about Jamie before, I'm going to gush again, but I just think he's so cute and so sweet, and I love just how open he's been and i love this little exchange between them and him saying that he's proud of her and it's like yeah same jamie i'm proud of her too she really has come a long way she
0: really has has. also i just want the audience to know that every time we record bethany has a different funko pop pen did not even (laughs) know funko pop pens existed and i see one every time we record and i'm like wow. (laughs)
1: An insane amount of Funko Pop pens. I also didn't know they existed until a few years ago, and my mom now gets me for them pretty regularly, as like stocking stuffers. So these are all pretty much brought to you by my mom again, showing just how easy I am to give gifts to. Yes. Um and they bring me so much joy. Today I have my little Dustin one from Stranger Things. He's got his little cap on, and he's so cute. He's so um, cute. but yes, I have a lot of like my girl power girls have like a Porg one. Yeah. I, I have I have a lot of Funko Pop doing, <laughs> It's true.
0: I'm doing a mug of the day series on Instagram where I post a, a mug every day because I have like a hundred of them, and I think and you just, should do I a Funko Pop of the day.
1: I should. I do. I, when we moved, I was able to count how many I have, which I have since bought more. Um, and I. It, I could I could do that, yes. I do have quite a few. Honestly, not as much as I thought I might have, though. So I'm kind of proud of myself. But I already have a few more that I've got my eyes on. They've, of course, come out with Barbie ones from the movie. And oh. I need them, like, obviously. obviously. So those will probably be ordered soon enough. But, um, yeah, I, I could easily do a Funko Pop of the day. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe I should. Also, my husband has a, not as many as I do, not remotely as many as I do. But he, I could also do his um, – it doesn't really count because they're his, but some of them are joint ones. Like we have a, uh, a Pete Alonzo Funko Pop, which technically he bought me, but I kind of call that one a joint one because he plays for the New York Mets, but he used to be a Florida gator. So that's why we both like him is because he, uh, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's has the same alma mater that I do. And I watched him play college baseball and now he's playing professional baseball. So that's our cute little connection. Cute. So my husband bought me his Funko Pop, which is very adorable.
0: <laughs> it's very romantic. I like that. Yes. That's
1: that's my love language, Funko Pops.
0: <laughs> but honestly. <laughs> but, on, but really.
1: But really. I'm being honest.
0: So. okay. So here is the cameo. Did you miss this cameo?
1: I must realize have. This are, was are, a cameo. Is this in, in are we in the
0: mall? In the mall? Yes. Okay. I got a a brown haired girl wearing all pink clearly the leader of this okay I remember this cameo. yes
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm so sorry y'all I really I was like we there's another cameo but wait yes the middle school girls yes I do know this cameo
0: yep who is this she says my brother's girlfriend has this one isn't it great still obsessed with her brother's girlfriend who is it you might ask it's mallory
1: it's mallory. mallory. i love mallory i'm so sorry mallory that i briefly forgot that you made an appearance in this novel but now i am now that we were at this page i do remember so yes i okay this book 100 percent has the most people cameos like so many people come up
0: yes yeah, and then we get to see that Mallory's still on her shit. She is now <laughs> going for um a new, more streamlined, eco chic look yeah. because that was that's what all the celebrities are doing. She read it in Vogue, mm-hmm. which is very on brand for our girl Mallory.
1: Um, love I that for her. Mallory is a Gaylor stan because she like loves models and vogue and like all that kind of stuff so you best believe she knew who carly Kloss was and you best believe that she probably read the 32 page powerpoint as well
0: <laughs> and she was in middle school in 2008 so she's like yeah. prime taylor swift oh yeah beginning age like yep. i remember when debut came out i loved it i loved it we were all changed forever we were, we were all changed we really were mm. i love it I didn't buy any of the 1989. Oh, my God. Wait. So last time we recorded, we were saying we don't know if we're going <gasps> nice. to get the 1989 Taylor's version. We we are and getting we it, did.
1: people. We're getting it. Everyone guessed right. She did release it. 88, nine, eighty-nine, And we all lost our ever-loving minds. People that stayed up to watch the live stream, mad respect. I had to wake up way no. too early the next morning to do that. All the blue outfits, the blue gown, probably being my fave. Uh, But all of them were amazing. And I did buy the Sunshine Boulevard yellow vinyl. But I really liked that crew neck. And it's like sold out. And I can't even find the hat on the website anymore. Because I was like, maybe I need the hat. <laughs> I can't find it. Yeah, I swear so. I got
0: like a targeted ad. And I clicked it. And it was like, yeah, the crew neck's only $40. And I was like, I, was like house to the end. I could like think about that. But here's the thing. I'm saving all of my merchandise money for when she does reputation and debut. Because I'm going to lose my freaking mind when those come out i'm gonna go absolutely you think i'm obsessed with taylor swift now just wait okay <laughs> just you wait <laughs> just you wait <sighs> but anyway.
1: it's, it's only getting crazier from here um i'm sad because i mean i'll be really excited for both of those obviously i think debut is gonna be so interesting it's just so like what does she do does she put the country twang on does she not, like how is that even gonna be i think she just needs to completely re-record that one in like a completely different style because you know like I just that's my personal take on anyways just like completely make it like the same but different you know um like make different kind of versions of the songs for that one since it is just so long ago that that one was recorded and she's obviously a completely different person now so I think that would be kind of interesting. Very Joni Mitchell, um, from both sides now, which she originally recorded when she was very young, and then re-recorded it years later, and she made like a different version. And everyone always talks about like how cool that is. I think she should do it, all about Joni Mitchell. But with that said, I am very excited for debut. I'm excited for everyone's excitement for Reputation <laughs> because as everybody knows, it's not my favorite. I love certain songs. I love. Don't get me wrong, I love the vibes of reputation. Like I really do. Like I am really excited. We have discussed in our 56 Sweden group chat. Um you might play my friend Katie, who, as y'all know, are trying to go to Sweden to you know, do the the Taylor Swift there. We have discussed doing, because I just love a theme, y'all, an entire week worth of era outfits. And I'm not going to lie, like going out one night in a reputation look is one of the things I'm most excited about. So like, I get it. I understand why people love reputation. I totally do. It's not one of my personal favorites, but I think I'm going to get caught up in like all the excitement that everyone else has that I will like get on that train, you know, with everyone else. and be like, ah, reputation. But um, for me obviously some of my favorite albums are later so i will never get a taylor's version because they already are taylor's versions like evermore yeah. i'm never gonna get a re-release of and I'm, that's the one i would ever lose like lose my ever living mind for um so 1989 is like probably the biggest one for me because i love this album like this album is about to become my whole personality taylor's version of this album so just nobody talked to me on october 27th when it comes out and i just <laughs> am there i got a blank space baby i'll write your name you know but i'm i'm very hyped i think this is the one i'm probably of all the taylors i've read also meant a lot to me because mm, i love yes. that album all too well to this day my all-time favorite taylor swift song but God, I'm, I'm also very excited to put together a red look for sweden so
0: mm, y'all yes. be prepared
1: be yes. prepared
0: <laughs> i have two more Gaylor things to mention first me we have not been able to talk on the podcast yet and i and i we have not been able to talk about this, in a while, guys. Carly Kloss was at the last. Was it the last LA show she was at? In I... the nosebleeds. The nosebleeds, y'all. Yeah, Carly Kloss
1: so I saw an update I think that was like maybe the third or fourth there was like six LA shows y'all it's insane insane. I think that was maybe one of the later ones but not the last one because I saw an article and I thought I I had sent this to you but I don't think I had probably because I was in Minnesota and I just like wasn't thinking um because it was a very busy weekend but I saw an article that said she went again and that time was put in the VIP section so I Mm. think I'm not sure if that is true can't believe everything you read I but I think she may have gone to two shows in LA. But I'm not positive.
0: I think it was the last show. Because there's all these videos of Taylor in like the blue gown and all of her like blue outfits, like looking right. towards the part of the um, like in all the songs, she's like, notably like looking up into the like left or whatever, for sake of argument, it's the left to where Carly Closs is sitting in the nosebleeds like the whole time. She's, like, looking up. I don't know if you've seen those videos. So.
1: Yeah, maybe it was the last show. But all I know is we definitely saw her in the nosebleeds. Yes. And we have questions. We have questions. Why was she in the VIP tent? Was Taylor so, like, hurt by her? Did did, they were like, no, we want you to be seen because I want to. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just have a lot of questions. I have no answers, but I have a lot of questions.
0: Imagine if you were deeply, deeply, deeply in love with anyone but a, a woman specifically yeah. and you are a woman and you're deeply in love and you have this whirlwind romance of a relationship and then she says to you i met somebody and his name is jared kushner joseph kushner which one is she married to one of the fucking kushners regardless
1: uh jared's the one that's married to ivanka or whatever so it's got to be a different one what is her yeah. which one is hers i don't
0: know i'm,
1: I'm looking i now. not this is gonna bother me her spouse... Oh, Joshua. That's who she's married to. Joshua Kushner.
0: Yeah, Joshua. So, uh, can you imagine? We should just have, like, a bonus, like, Gaylor... It's an entire bonus. Episode. We could As, make an honestly, entire two-hour episode about it. Honestly, we could. <laughs> uh, we really could. We really could. Um, so, anyway, back to the book. Mallory. Here's our
1: girl, Mallory, who's all into eco-friendly stuff now. And it's just messing up these displays they're not gonna buy anything most likely but they're just looking and who of all people is chill about this harriet she is a new person (laughs) like she's like oh whatever we'll clean it up and ruby's like uh you say that but like i'm the one who has to clean it up and then harriet just like starts doing it and she says um she basically says like Ruby's just like sorry like I just like stressed or something and she's like well you know you're in your final semester waiting to hear about college your future is wide open but that doesn't necessarily have to get you all bent out of shape you could look at it as you know a great opportunity to embrace stepping out of your comfort zone and Ruby's like excuse me, <laughs> like shut the front door. You have no room to talk. Like you had a help wanted sign up for forever. Like you do not take help. You are not like, Oh, think of it as an opportunity. Like that is not you. You are not a la da like type of person. You are type A personality, high, strong. And, um, and so Harriet's like, I'm, I'm changed. I'm a changed person. Person? person. I don't know where that forever. list came Change from. Changed person. And so then Ruby comes at her and she's like, okay, Miss change person. What about Reggie then? Cause I heard about Christmas and I heard about how you're just like not ready for a relationship. And if you're ready to step out of your comfort zone, why aren't you ready and willing to give Reggie a chance? And she basically says that, She's terrible. Like it's it's scary. Like they had such a good friendship, and she doesn't want to ruin it, which is something that obviously a lot of people that are friends first are worried about. And she's like, it could end really poorly. And Ruby, of course, thinking about herself with Nate and how they were friends, and then you know wanting to become more, is very surprised that she's giving the advice of go for it. Like yeah, it might end badly, which obviously as of right now, her and Nate are not on the best of terms, but it could end really really good, and like it's probably worth the risk and. Yeah, Harriet's, she's not really having it. And so she says to her, like, you know, if you wouldn't have put the help on his and if you wouldn't have taken the chance to hire me, like, you wouldn't have come up with keychains. Like, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, am, mm-hmm. I am basically the whole inspiration for your biggest success. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry about that. And she's like, that's not the point. The point is, like, taking a risk sometimes on people is worth it. And Harriet, you and Reggie are perfect together. Yes. Take a chance on him. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. And oh and so this is where Harriet says so she looks into her account and she as we know leaves a lot of her business stuff to rest assured and she says something doesn't seem right in her bank accounts and this is why she should just do things by herself yada 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 and then so she asks Ruby like hey next time you see Nate can you like ask him like I don't know what's going on and of course Ruby's like I don't know the next time I'm going to see him is because we're not really on speaking terms and then she goes home and um guess who didn't take out roscoe nate so something is going on nate who is very dependable who's usually there um seems to not be doing his rest assured duties and is that a good thing is it a bad thing i don't know we're about to find out as we enter chapter 17 dun 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 <laughs> dun, dun,
0: dun so chapter 17 this is her calculus day. Gervais is... Gervase is the absolute sweetest
1: in this he chapter. Is. Like, I really do love him. And I do love, as we reach the end of this novel, that Ruby kind of starts appreciating him and even goes as far as to call him a friend. Pour one
0: out for Gervais, everyone. What a legend. Exactly. So Gervais, sweet little Gervais, um, has been... Uh, tutoring her in calculus and he says to her i have a whole like he has a whole weekend plan for her 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 big final is on monday so his plan for her weekend is to like study on saturday do all these practice steps but then zen mode ma- master zen mode on yeah. sunday which is when you empty your mind and just move on instinct and she's like why would I do that she's like so skeptical but he's like no trust me and Olivia's like she said it's a pro- he says it's a proven uh thingy proven method she says it's a proven method um and but you know Ruby's skeptical she's like why would I want to empty my brain but I think that's actually great advice. I have also heard, yeah. like, if you have a big thing, you shouldn't be, like, studying, studying, setting up until the point because then you'll, like, panic. So, yeah. You either know what or you don't. On Saturday, she is trying to focus. She's trying to study, but she's distracted. She's thinking about Nate pretty much nonstop. She doesn't know where he is. She'd seen him swimming a couple nights earlier, but um she hasn't seen him since friday his i don't know if i'm skipping ahead or not let me
1: um well again because it's the way the chapter is like she's kind of discussing her thoughts on nate but then we skip to the vista k at the mall like
0: it kind of goes back and forth Mm, right so then we so then she goes to the mall she can't focus so she goes to the mall to get her check and This is where the Vista 5K is happening. I love that the tagline for the Vista 5K is "Run for your life."
1: Yes, (laughs) it's so dramatic. I love it. So dramatic. (laughs) It's very apocalypse now. Yeah, and I was like, "Are zombies chasing you? Like, why do you have to run for your life?" But anyways, she's at the Vista K five. Or sorry, the Vista the Vista K the Vista K five run 5k run thing the bob run for your life and this episode is so unhinged every episode every episode is so unhinged but you know what someone got covid and we got them through it so i feel good
0: about i feel good about that
1: i do yeah like because when you have covid it's not fun so i'm happy that our weird unhingedness gave them something to look forward to but anywho um so they she's there she's picking up her check and reggie is talking harriet into some vitamins and she's like i'm not getting into the fish oil and he's like well you at least need to be complex and this and that and whatever and so our girl ruby is like what's going on what's going on here two of you two of you seem pretty chummy and they're all like we went out for a drink the other night and reggie talked me into vitamins and maybe going out to dinner with him the front
0: door, it's,
1: the door. It's, happening. it's happening it's happening thank you harriet finally yes he's been there all along he's a great guy he's perfect for you he already knows all your weird little quirks like and you haven't scared him off so yeah like you the two of you are great for each other
0: yeah also so, i want to so of my girl harriet me too oh. yeah. i really want to mention that uh, Ruby's check has an extra $300 on it and it's mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Harriet said I'm profit sharing with you and I have to say from the bottom of my heart <laughs> profit sharing is where it's at if yes. restaurant and em- if tipped restaurant employees, if servers specific- and bartenders specifically made, automatically made a portion of the profits that they are yeah. selling they are the front people selling these products mm-hmm. that okay. would change the game that would change the game a thousand percent yes
1: oh i did love speaking of sort of related to that in minneapolis everywhere had an automatic 20 percent already added on to the check like everywhere that. that i went out to eat and i was like i love that i was a little bummed that i couldn't add more Because like the one guy who we had out was like so nice. and was like giving us recommendations and whatever. And I was like, I want to leave him really good tip. And they had one of those like you did it all on your phone. Like you ordered and you could like split and stuff. Like you basically, it was really cool. I don't know if you've ever done this where like there's a QR code on the table and you literally both you and your friend can go under one check. Like we were on our separate phones, but we were under one check and we ordered all together. It's very nifty. And so we did that or whatever, and then you could pay the same way. And so I saw that 20% was already added, and I was like, we love that. And then I was like, where can I add more? (laughs) And, like, you couldn't. And I was like, oh, I don't love that part as much. But I did love that everywhere we went, there already was, like, a gratuity included for them. So that
0: was cool. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. I was – yeah. I can't go on that. That's going to be a 35-minute tangent. So I'm just going to move on. Mm -hmm. We're just going to – we're going to –
1: we're gonna go past that one for We're now. Keep going. On our entire bonus episode, where we just go through Gaylor theories, we will also go on a thirty-minute <laughs> tip rant. Okay, everyone, look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Um. Yeah. So yes, she is still profit sharing, which is yes, and I love that Harriet did realize, like, yeah, there would be no keychains without her, and is giving her the credit that she deserves, and that's beautiful. And Harriet is growing as a person and is willing to step out of her comfort zone and try things with reggie and all of that just really really warms my heart and then she goes outside she sees olivia olivia of course is there for laney because again even though she grumbled about her doing this 5k and has no faith in her when your family family shows up and at the end of the day she is going to support her yeah so laney is running this race and olivia is there a little bit begrudgingly but she's there and they're all like the race is over And Olivia's like, well, great. Haven't seen Lainey. I'm sure she probably, she has her phone on her. I told her to call me. I'm sure she's just stuck on the side of the road. And she's like, downing her. And then all of a sudden they see her. And Ruby's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, don't shut down the race. There's someone coming. And they're like, yeah, it's over. And so Olivia just starts cheering for her so loudly. Like, come on, you're almost there. Like, they are shutting down the clock. They're like about to the finish line. Like, get over the finish line. And so here is where Ruby says, you know, um everyone was staring as she jumped up and down in the middle of the road her claps echoing off the building behind us watching her i thought of harriet doubtfully eyeing those vitamins as reggie dropped them into the bag one by one and then of me with nate on the bench by the pond the last time we'd been together and if i don't he'd ask, and i thought there could be only one answer in that one moment but now i was beginning to wonder if he didn't always have to choose between turning away for good or rushing in deeper And it's like, yeah, like sometimes she says in the moments that it really counts, maybe it's enough, more than enough, even just to be there. Uh, Lainey must have thought so because right then she started running again. And it's like, yeah, you know, did we give Olivia some slack for maybe not being the most supportive person to Lainey? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, she showed up for her during her training. She showed up for her on race day. She's clapping her on as she gets to the finish line. And I think sometimes being there is enough and when you are dealing with really sticky situations like obviously the very sticky situation that Ruby is dealing with with Nate you know she gave him the ultimatum I understand she gave him the ultimatum I understand it's very hard to sit by and watch someone go through something so terrible as being abused but sometimes just showing up knowing that if someone is going through something that they can turn to you and talk to you because again it's very rare that upon the first time being approached about something, you're like, yeah, okay, I see your point, and I'm gonna change my ways. No, like it takes a while if you're in a situation like that um, to realize that that's wrong and th- that yeah. he needs to get out. And so she's kind of, kind of, I guess, having a bit of an epiphany, so to speak, about you know what, maybe it's just enough to be there. Maybe I should go try to talk to Nate about this. Um, maybe I was wrong for for giving him the ultimatum.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is. Ooh. This was a really beautiful realization because like it is so hard when someone you love is being hurt or hurting themselves, but you know, there is nothing, you know, you can do except for be there because you can't, no matter how bad you want to intervene or even if you try, only they can make that decision. So yeah, I thought that was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. She says, did you read this? I don't think so. She says, watching them, I thought again of how we can't expect everybody to be there for us all at once. So it's lucky thing. So it's a lucky thing that really all you need is someone. Dustin.
1: Yes. Sarah. Sarah. Uh, you had so much good. So much good. I really forgot. Oh, Mike is yelling at my dogs. Sorry. Uh, I really (laughs) forgot just how much I just heard Luna really strictly. (laughs) She's probably doing something bad. I don't know what, but something bad. Um, Yeah. I just really forgot like how much I just loved the end of this novel, just this novel in general, I guess. I just really, it's been a minute since I have read it. And God, this ending is just so good. So so good. good. Uh, She's back home. She sat down with her calculus note. She's determined to study. But again, she just, like, can't. And and as, you know, Gervais said, Zen mode. Like, don't, don't try to force it at the last minute. You've practiced. You've studied. You know the formulas. You know it or you don't. Just, you know, try to be Zen. And here she finally comes up with her definition of family. I know I just read an entire paragraph quote, but I'm going to read another one because this is really good and it deserves to be read. So she says, <clears throat> What is family? They were the people who claimed you, and good and bad and parts or in whole, they were the ones who showed up, who stayed in there regardless. It wasn't just about blood relations or shared chromosomes, but something wider, bigger. Core was right. We had many families over time. Our family of origin, the family we created, as well as the groups you moved through while all this was happening. Friends, lovers, sometimes even strangers. None of them were perfect, and we couldn't expect them to be. You couldn't make any one person your world. The trick was to take what each could give you and build a world from it. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Sure. obviously, because you're way more talented than I am as a human being. But what a perfect definition. I love it. I love that that's a conclusion she comes to. And yes, it is. It is the people that claim you, the people that show up time and time again. And yes, sometimes that's blood. Sometimes it's not blood. And I'm so happy that Ruby found the little family that she found, which we'll get to in the next chapter, like who she invites to her graduation. That's so sweet. Um, but like, oh, yes, so good. This entire chapter. I could just quote the whole thing because it is so, so, so good.
0: It's so good. It's so beautiful and like, it's gonna make, it's making me cry.
1: It's making me cry. Yeah. It's that good. It yeah. is that good, folks.
0: It's just like, <laughs> this is such a beautiful, it's just, i just, I'm, I'm struggling with words right now. My emotion level is high. It's
1: an all-time high right now. <laughs>
0: but that Please is just, her. <laughs> it's beautiful actually
1: you don't even need to ask for forgiveness because it's not anything you're doing wrong
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like but anyway just having a moment um yeah she says she like talks about who is like part of her family now like she says so my true family was not just my mom lost or found my dad gone from the start cora the only one who had been there all along She says it was also Jamie who took me in without question and gave me a future I once couldn't even imagine. I'm getting emotional again. Oh my god. Like I'm going to cry reading this. Olivia (laughs) who did question but also gave me answers. Harriet who like me believed she needed no one and discovered otherwise. And then there was Nate. Nate who was a friend to me before I even knew what a friend was. I'm literally I can't go on. I can't go on and so
1: good. This entire it's... bit, and she says like needing was so easy, it came naturally. Like breathing, being needed by someone else, though that was the hard part. And yes. it's like, yep, exactly, exactly. But yes, like look at her little guys. I said it before at the beginning of this drama. I'm gonna say it again. Found family is my absolute favorite trope. Put in every novel. Put in every movie. Inject yes. it into my veins. I don't yes. care. Like it is my favorite of all time. Favorite things. It gets me every time and I love this I just it was Jamie who took me in without a question gave me a future I once couldn't even imagine fuck me up fam that line yeah Yeah. I mean that gets me and that is why I say that they're my favorite relationship in this story because yes like that oh yes
0: yes so good oh it's just oh so this is kind of when she's like I should have been there for Nate, even if he couldn't open up to me. Like I should have just been there because that's what really matters. So she's like, I'm doing this. Like she pushes out her chair. She heads downstairs out through the kitchen into the yard. She is going to get Nate. She's going to be like, I'm sorry. Like, please forgive me. Like, I want to be there for you. But when she gets to the gate, it's Mr. Cross who she sees and he's on the phone and he's like, talking to a client, I assume, saying like, I've been out of town all day. He was supposed to be doing pickups and check-ins. Did he come by and get the cleaning? Obviously, someone says no. And he says, if you see him, tell him I want him home now. Understood. And this is when she's like, okay, Nate is gone. She says, watching him i had a flash of nate at school the last time i'd seen him suddenly realizing why his expression distant and distracted had been so familiar it was the same one on my mother's face the last time i'd seen her when i walked into a room and she turned surprised so she's like i know that nate is gone like he he had enough and he's gone nobody knows where he is so nate
1: it's so sad, he broke, and it's so sad that she just like instantly knows, like, she doesn't have to like ask or inquire, or, you know, anything. Like, she just knows in her heart of hearts that he's gone, and she is correct, he has disappeared. Yeah, <sighs> chapter 18. We're all in our feels now, guys. But yes. Let's let's try to we're gonna pick it up, we're gonna pick it up because things are about to get good again. Hopefully, here we go. Um, Jamie, our main man, we love him, gives. Our girl Ruby, the keys to his car to borrow for the day for a big calculus exam. He's like, You shouldn't have to take the bus on a day like today. And so she's like, Oh, that's you know so nice. And then, you know, you sure, yeah. So she takes the phone or the phone. (laughs) The phone, she takes the car keys and she heads to school. Um, or no, before she heads to school. Jamie gets a call from Mr. Cross, and he's all like, oh, hey, Ruby, like, have you talked to Nate lately? Have you seen him? And she's like, no. And of course, she already knows that he's gone, but she can't say that. And so he's like, he's gone AWOL, apparently. Blake hasn't seen him since Friday night. And um, so she's about to go into her calculus exam, and she, in a weird way, has ended up following Gervais' advice because she really isn't thinking about the calculus exam at all right now because she's so upset about nate and worried about him and and she just knows that he's gone she doesn't know where he is and she doesn't know if she's ever going to see him again and obviously she is concerned so especially also not to i know she knows that he's gone that way but also it would have to be kind of scary knowing what nate's dad is like like is he doing this as a cover-up like did he do something to nate and is now acting like i don't know where my son went you know um wouldn't have put it past the guy so like she's got to be kind of a nervous wreck about all that right now But Mm -hmm. anywho, here's Gervais meeting up with her in front of class. Which I love. (coughs) And I just love this entire little exchange. And he just like – and she's like, you know, I paid him his money and he like – he didn't have to do this, you know. And of course, he's acting like, I don't want you to to mess up my perfect – I get everyone a 91% on calculus exams, you know, stat. But really, I think he just, they do see each other as friends now. And she says so much. This guy, you know, is like, oh, are you into jailbait or something? And she's like, no, we're friends. Yes! Yay! I love it. I love their friendship. And... So yeah so then she gets the test and she's just like immediately overwhelmed and she starts okay the first ones let me prime my brain you know what actually that first question was easy oh the second one's a little bit trickier but i've got this okay and then she says there's 10 minutes left on the clock she's at the last problem she's just at a loss she doesn't oh god you know she wants to get this right you know her getting into college kind of is dependent on this calculus like exam right So she's all worried and she thinks of Gervaise's advice, which is just to like picture yourself in an empty room. You're in an empty room and you're Zen and whatever. And of course, what is more of an empty room than Batman's house that Nate once took her to? The very sterile place with just a root beer cap on it. And all of a sudden, Eureka moment, she realizes, holy shit, I know where Nate is, because she's all like he's gone I don't know if I am ever see him again and she's all worried about him and she's like holy crap I've got it like I know exactly where he is so she jots down again in her most like zen like she's not thinking about this exam problem whatsoever jots down her answer to this last question turns in her test and just gets the hell out of dodge and she goes to batman's house and who does she see but our boy nate and she well actually first she says in a perfect world she would have remembered exactly where this was but she went there like once <laughs> and so she ends up going to the seventh floor and like knocking on all these doors like trying to find him and then finally she gets to the right place and she says the only difference was a you swim sweatshirt hanging over the back of the island um i breathed in the smell of chlorine of water of nate and then with uh it's still lingering i looked outside and found him He's standing out on the balcony. I don't even know if, like, he's aware that she came in, honestly. Um, So then all of a sudden he turns around. He says, what are you doing here? And she says, um, uh, oh. So she says, you know, she opens her mouth to say something. She, like, doesn't know where to start because where do you start in a situation like this? And, um she says she notices that on his face there's marks which is like usually not a place that like mr cross would have hit because it's noticeable but like there's clearly bruises on his face so like the last time he must have gotten mad he really went at him uh, so she says, I knew just what to say, or at least a good place to start, even if only because it was what Cora had said to me back when it all this began. It's cold, I said, holding out my hand to him. You should come inside. And also that just made me really emotional <laughs> because, yeah, like the fact that she like doesn't even know where to begin. She found him and obviously he's in rough shape, um, both physically, emotionally, mentally, all in all ways you possibly can be. And the thing she thinks to say is what her sister first said to her when she was in that very position. Stop it right now. Sarah Stop it right now.
0: It's so it's beautiful. So it's so beautiful. Oh,
1: truly. It's. it's uh, oh, that's so good.
0: So we're moving right into chapter 19. Here we are. It's happening. So they, so Nate did come in, um, They sat on the couch for more than two hours going over everything that happened. And then he finally agreed to talk to somebody. So she called Cora and they went back to Cora's house and Cora, you know, this is what she does for a living. She's very passionate about this. So Ruby says Cora was amazing that day. She did everything from just listening, her face serious to asking careful questions to calling up her contacts and social services division to answer Nate's questions about what his options were in the end, it was she who dialed his mom in Arizona, her voice calm and professional as she explained the situation, then nodded supportively as she handed the receiver over to Nate. So the plan is um, Nate is going to spend the rest of the school year in Arizona. He's going to work at that swim camp job in Pennsylvania, and then he's going to go to the U because he did get in. He just didn't get the scholarship. Yeah, buddy. Yeah,
1: holla. And And it's not a perfect plan, but it's a good plan. And it's a much safer situation than Nate was in. So, respect.
0: I also really like that Cora was able to get him to finish high school like, um, virtually or like, over, like, however that would have happened in 2008. Um, right. (laughs) Whatever that was. Um, so, and Ruby says that she just did her best to distract Nate. She brought him to the movies um, where they got free popcorn and admission. They hung out with Roscoe. They went to Jump Java. And she's just like there for him. Simply just there for him. And it's his like where Ruby started versus like where she is now being able to like be in a place where she can be that like supportive person for somebody who is in a very similar situation to what she was in is just like, right. Like this is what love and a supportive community can do for you. And yes, it's like, don't be bad to your kids. Like I understand yeah. parents who are shit parents. Like, what? What? But anyway, that's another don't rant.
1: Don't have kids if you don't want kids. And yes. unfortunately, people that don't want kids have kids all the time. And it really makes me sad. But yeah, yeah, being a teenager is like already really rough enough and you're already going through so much. And then for them to go through what they had to go through on top of it. And for her to go through what she had to go through and then finally get a good support system and a loving home and like see how much of a difference it made and it's like we wonder why people you know we always say it's it's a vicious circle of abuse it's a vicious circle of poverty and whatever and it's like yeah because they're never given the chance and ruby's one of the lucky ones she got the chance she had a cora and a jamie and clearly it makes such a difference and then cora and jamie come through again like they come through with nate like he basically seems like he kind of stays with them for a little bit until he does get to go to Arizona um and you know Jamie says you know to him he's like like Nate thanks him for everything and he's like don't be a stranger all right you're family now and it's like like that's the type of person Jamie is like you you know what I mean like you're everyone's family to him like you know unless you're a shitty person like I'm sure Blake Cross is not family to Jamie but like everyone else he's like yeah man like you're family like of course like don't even don't even think about thanking us or whatever and I just think that's it's just so beautiful. Like, I just wish that there were more core And, and like, that's also what just makes me so sad about, like, their fertility issues because it's, like, people like them are exactly the type of people that should be parents. And it's always people like them that, like, struggle to become parents. And, I mean, thankfully, their story does have a happy ending. Small spoiler for, like, two pages from now. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're getting to it. But, yeah, it's, like, exactly. Like, people like this are the type of people who should be you know, I also just hope that they become like foster parents because clearly they're like so good at that. Like I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> and older kids, older kids need love too, and I, that's my soapbox. Okay, thank you everyone <laughs> for listening to me rant about that.
0: Yeah, this is beautiful. She's driving him to the airport. She's like, "Are you nervous?" And he's like, "No, it's kind of like surreal." And he says, "But don't worry, like I'm coming back, like you know, because she's going to the U, so we'll see each other again." Um, (laughs) and she's like you know he's like not really super happy about going to see his mom he doesn't really think she wants him there which is understandable from her past behavior um but ruby says well you never know she might surprise you which is true because you know so many people surprised ruby and who knows like maybe his mom has had a change of heart especially hearing that he was getting beat and, like, missing school and stuff. Right. So, it's like, who knows? Like, things could change. Um. And she kind of makes a joke. She's like, well, if there's some annoying neighbor who tries to make nice with you, don't be a total jerk to them. Aww. And it's so cute. And, um. So, she drops him off. She gets out of the car. And. She. Takes her key necklace off, and she puts the yellow house's key in her pocket and replaces it with the key to Cora and Jamie's house. Aww. And she gives and she it to me. she it to him. I stop
1: it right now. Stop it right. Also, we are a thousand percent have to make key necklaces. Yes. <laughs> oh my I god. Know we've already discussed it, but like we have to do we it. We have to do it. We have to do it. Oh. I love it. Yes. And so she gives it to him. And because she's all like, you know, like new place, new life. Don't forget me. And he's all like, I won't. And she's like, well, just in case. And so she gives him the key to um, Cora and Jamie's place, which of course is now where she is and where she met him and started her new life. Yeah. Um, And it's just beautiful. It and is. he, um, so she says, Uh, then I reached up sliding my hand behind his neck and pulling him in for a kiss closing that space between us once and for all beautiful we love it and then they basically in the week since they keep in constant contact by both phone and Yumi she's like finally getting on the Yumi trends and Olivia helps her out and she says basically her friends are Nate Gervais as well as Jamie and Jamie's the one who sends her the most messages out of everyone on it he like lives in her house and it's just like funny The, the creator of Yumi is the person who messages. Messages you the most on you, me. Like, I just love that. That's adorable and just so Jamie. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, Nate's doing good. Like, he's, you know, he's, um, uh, He sent a photo of him in his new job, lifeguarding in a pool near his mom's house. He was swimming every day now, working on his times, getting back into shape. We love that. Uh, Said it was slow progress, but he was seeing improvements bit by bit. Um, Sometimes, you know, in her room at night, she kind of like still like looks over at the pool, even though he doesn't live there anymore. Actually, Mr. Cross doesn't even live there anymore. It's like a new family. Um, We learn but she says her favorite picture he's on the water but posing in front of the lifeguard stand he's smiling the sun bright behind him and has a whistle around his neck if you look really closely you can see there's another thinner chain behind with something else dangling from it it was hard to make out exactly but i knew what it was oh stop, stop it
0: stop it uh freaking adorable that's love y'all Just, that's love you know i oh we, we get these stories and i've always thought in my head like all of these love stories she writes are like Like, a lot of them. Maybe not, you know, maybe not, like, Norman and Coley. Like, maybe some of them aren't, like, forever relationships. I don't know why. I mean, that one just... I felt like that wasn't really what the story was about. But anyway. um, Right,
1: yeah, that's fair.
0: But all these, like, beautiful stories. And I'm like, oh, my God, these kids are, like, in high school. Like, how are they going to, like... But then we find out when we interviewed Sarah, we found out that her husband and her were high school sweethearts. So it's like, yeah, she's like literally. So I guess
1: for her, it like makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously they'd be forever. And I'm like, I it's love so that. Cute. Yes. So and it's like, is that the most realistic thing ever? No. But again, it happened for Sarah and her husband. My parents are high school parents? sweethearts. Like it does happen. It does. Um, I went to people like, and again, obviously th- we're not that old but so like i do know people that met in high school started in high school that are married have two Same. kids now like they are still together um so clearly it does happen uh obviously that's not the path that michael and i took but <laughs> we found our person eventually and that's all that matters um but yeah again in my heart of hearts like all these couples are still together <laughs> like, yeah which we do i mean we get cameos and there, there is confirmation that they are together but, yeah, like, obviously, obviously, like, Wes and Macy were still together and Dexter and Remy and Ona, but, like, they're obviously all still together.
0: So yeah, obviously. No one could
1: tell me otherwise. <laughs> no,
0: definitely not. <laughs> so, chapter
1: 20. Oh, here we are, guys. Here we like are, really guys. Sad, I'm sad every time when we finish up one, but this one, just, yeah, it's just got a little special place in my heart now, and yeah. I'm sad that we're ending it
0: but excited for the next one Mm me too so it's the day of her graduation Jamie's getting the camcorder because he wants to record every moment which is so sweet and so Jamie I love that so much Um, this is also when we find out that Ruby got into the U so she'll be going to the university next semester with her man
1: with her hair. oh my god how cute so they're gonna be so cute in carolina blue
0: together i love it <laughs> it's gonna be just adorable um yeah she she goes outside so she this is like a little bit of a flashback but when she gets the letter from the u she goes outside opens it by herself when she's out there she realizes that she looks down at the pond and she sees her fish and she's like oh my gosh like, she says, but it was the white one, my fish, that I saw first. I took a deep breath and tore the letter open. Oh, and she gets in, and she's like, good news, the fish are back. And she says, now it's mid-June. Um, there's the fish are really back. There's lilies and water grasses. Um, she's looking at herself in the reflection of the pond, Beside her, sitting under grass, Roscoe closed his eyes.
1: Fasties, her and Thank Roscoe. You. Thank you.
0: She says it's weird seeing herself without her necklace because she gave it to her mans. Um,
1: but she
0: finally opened Nate's gift from Valentine's Day, and it was key earrings adorable studded with red stones which is adorable and she said she's been wearing them every day so we love that it's it's too much it's just it's mike has
1: never given me a key and i now feel gypped no i'm just kidding i mean i guess he has handed me one when we moved into our new place but not doesn't count
0: (laughs) my friend in high school um who i'm not friends with anymore unfortunately just because of five and distance not anything dramatic um she got me a key necklace and it said dreams on it or something like that dream or something
1: a few people in the discord were lucky enough to get like the lock and key key necklaces from the book tour which i'm very jealous about and yeah now we're gonna make some because i want to be a cool kid with a key necklace and yeah we're gonna do it we're doing it (laughs) I want fuck off rings and I want a key yes. necklace. Like, okay. <laughs> Desperately.
0: Okay. Desperately need. So. Yeah. So they go. Oh, yeah. So this is when we find out that they don't live. Mr. Cross doesn't live in that house anymore. He put it up for sale because he's getting sued by several rest assured clients because he was stealing money from them. Um. hmm He's renting an apartment somewhere across town. He's a sad, lonely, angry, poor man, and that's what he deserves. Yep. There's a new family in there with two small kids, and they're really happy, and they're always laughing and splashing in the pool, which is very cute. Yes. Um, we find out that she made a 91 on that health test, so she's yeah. guaranteed to go to the U. Um, Thanks, she's- Gervais. face it's our boy right there (laughs) yes um in the end she says in the end i'd taken four tickets to her graduation for cora jamie reggie and harriet she says not all family but if there was one thing i learned over the over the last few months it was that this was a flexible definition and you know what this reminds me of too is rory's (laughs) rory's graduation high school graduation where it was Suki and Luke and um Jackson and Jackson and Luke were like sobbing and yes. it's like oh it's like that
1: they're was... a thousand percent the Jamies, yes. like of like I bet Jamie like sobbed through her entire graduation oh, and sure. core probably like stiff up or lift it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yes Jackson does sob through the whole thing that's right oh I love him he's great he's a great guy
0: those episodes both of her graduation episodes college and high school make me like sob every single time even though I've seen them like fourth and the final episode of season seven makes me sob every single time too I'm like I can't get enough (laughs) but anyway yeah oh Then she talks about the final thesis of her research project for English. Um, She said she did a presentation. She showed a couple pictures. The first was of Jamie's extended tribe. And then the second was from her 18th birthday party. Cora had thrown her. Um, In the picture, we have Cora, Olivia, Jamie, Harriet, Reggie, and Lainey, and Gervais. Gervais! Gervais! Gervais oh. meet her family! Ah, I, I love it. That's love so it. adorable. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. And then this is where we find out, too. She said, It was also, like the one of Jamie's family, already changing, even if that day we hadn't known it yet. That came a couple weeks later when I was leaving for school one morning and I found my sister sitting on her bed crying. Cora is sobbing. She there's a pregnancy test next to her and you know her and Jamie both automatically assume that it's negative. And right. she says, you know, she picks Ruby picks it up and Cora's like I'm fine, I'm fine. And Jamie goes, are you sure though? Are you sure? And Ruby looks at the pregnancy test and she like turns it around and she's like she's positive because she is pregnant. Everybody. Woo, 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 woo. I'm so happy.
1: Yay for them extending their family. Oh my God. Jamie is going to be just like the cutest person with a little bebe. Oh, I can't it's wait so for them. Cute. I'm so happy for them. Oh, yeah. Ruby um, writes her mom a letter like oh, a few yeah. days after her birthday. Uh, she says she wasn't sure what she wanted to say. So what she ends up doing is photocopying uh, her acceptance letter from the U and she puts that inside of an envelope she says it wasn't closure by any means but it was progress if nothing else now we knew where to find each other and if only time would tell if either of us would ever come looking and so yeah it's just her being like hey doors open if you want to find me this is where i am but like let's face it mom's kind of probably gonna have to make that first step i think
0: i think that's gonna be a longer process yeah um but she says when she's alone, she pulls out the key from the yellow house and drops it into the lake. Yes. She says, behind me, Cora was calling again. My family was waiting.
1: Stop. Stop. That line gets Stop. me.
0: <laughs> I can't.
1: That <laughs> gets me.
0: Ooh. Looking down at the pond, all I could think was what this, what it is. Oh, my God. All I could think about, all like, oh, my God. Looking down at the pond. <laughs> All I could think was that it is an incredible thing how a whole world can rise from what seems like nothing at all. I step closer to the edge, keeping my eyes on my reflection as I drop the key into the water where it landed with a splash. And that is just a beautiful metaphor for this entire book and wraps it up absolutely perfectly. You know, As we said, I think we were talking about this a few episodes ago, like that J.K. Rowling quote. um, uh, Rock bottom was where I Started to rebuild my life, and that's really what we saw for Ruby. And she did rebuild her life, and she did not become a turf. So that's pretty great. Yeah.
1: That is one hundred percent what we should all be doing. Yes. You know, yes, uh, rebuilding our lives and not becoming turfs. Yes, I highly recommend it. That's what I try to do every day.
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's not hard though. Not hard to not it's really be a not turf. Hard, actually, um, to be a turf,
1: it's. It's crazy, you know. It's really, really simple when you think about it.
0: <laughs> it is. It really is. But that is that is this lullaby, y'all. I mean, it's no attack- <laughs> team, But yeah,
1: right. <laughs> is, that, is it the most? Oh my god, that's the most. That's the hate spinnerbait promise. We will mess up a character's name. We'll straight up forget a character. We will probably call the book by the wrong name. I can't stress how much the two of us really do love
0: these books and Sarah doesn't. (laughs) We just brain fart all the time. We're just tired. We're tired. The planet is on fire, y'all. Okay. Yeah, we can't help
1: it that like, this literally is how every apocalyptic like disaster movie starts. A hurricane is headed for California. Hawaii is literally on fire. You know, how am I supposed to concentrate on things? Okay. Like, just let me have my little happy Barbie movies and my sweet romance stories and just like let me be happy. Okay. (laughs) Yes, though, we just read Lock and Key. It was beautiful. No one is surprised because Sarah's work always is. And we're going along for the ride next. God, we're about to dive into long for the ride for like forever because you know it's gonna be like eight episodes to discuss the book probably three episodes to discuss the movie minimum three <laughs> episodes minimum. now
0: minimum because we minimum. took two episodes to talk about how to deal and to we didn't
1: even how like deal. how to deal so we like long for the ride yes. so just wait for how long we discuss that i probably will go down like 18 rabbit holes digging up every interview sarah did for like the movie promo every director yes. quote actor thought that they had on it every easter egg that was in the movie like there's a ton wait. of easter the, eggs in that movie the rabbit holes we're gonna go down on when we discuss that movie it's
0: y'all don't movie even know it. you don't
1: even know so have that to look forward to the next two months of your life being taken up by <laughs> if not longer Honestly. being taken up by Long for the ride um my friend kristen once told me because i was like yeah i mean you know we only do like three chapters an episode like it takes us wow whatever and she goes i say do one chapter <laughs> Track it out as long as you want. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. Um, So you know what? We don't do it one chapter at a time, most of the time. But where will we be? We only are taking a year ahead in time. I think we'll be 2009 is when Along for the Ride came out. 09 or 10, I think. So we're not going that far into the future. But you best believe we'll still be getting our time machine to do that. So come join us. Come Along for the Ride. Expect a lot of puns and yeah I don't know if you love someone go give them a key necklace that's my takeaway from this week and the yeah it's a nice way to say that you love someone. (laughs) That's what I've learned yes all you folks out there give people key necklaces love them be kind to each other take care of yourselves have a great week 1989 Taylor's version is coming, everyone. We have a lot to look forward to. The world may be burning, but at least we have 1989 Taylor's version to look forward to. So there's that.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Take care of yourselves. Unplug. Unplug. Yeah. Unplug. We are just individuals. We can't control the world. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us.